I was feeling the stress of, you know, the fast pace and needing to come back home and sort of settle down. And so I found yin yoga at that time and it was a very good fit for what I was going through in my life uh, because, you know, it's a slower practice, really about grounding. Hello and welcome to It's a Journey podcast. How are you healing today? Your host, Stephanie Naidu, welcomes guests from different parts of the globe with professional expertise in health and holistic wellness. Holistic means physical, emotional, social and spiritual well-being. So what do all of our guests have in common? It's their dedication to help us with our healing journey and personal development. Let's dive into this new episode with our special guest, and explore the answers in order to continue our personal journey's exploration towards healing and self-love. Vishali Ayer teaches yoga, movement and meditation in Singapore. The core theme of her work is embodiment, the feeling and experience of our body through sensation, emotion, intuition, touch and movement. Embodiment is a living practice that supports personal development creative expression, physical therapy, and spirituality. Vishali has over 700 hours of training and 10 years of experience teaching yoga, including leading public classes, events, and workshops at Yoga in Common from 2016 to 2021. She is certified in Atha Yoga, Core Strength Vinyasa Yoga, and Yin Yoga, and is an experienced restorative yoga teacher. She has trained in Laban Barteniev movement as a movement analyst and somatic movement educator, as well as in body-mind centering. She is a certified instinctive meditation teacher and currently training as a total immersion swimming coach. Her work is influenced by dance and natural movement. In these 12 episodes, I will be talking to Vishali about Yin Yoga, our topic today is the delightful slow pace of yin yoga. Hi Vishali, um, welcome to my podcast. It's a journey. Um, it's such a pleasure to have you today and to have this conversation. Hi Stephanie, thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this. Wonderful. So um, I'd like to start with your journey and I'd like to know more about um, how you became a yin yoga instructor. Sure. So I started practicing yoga um, in my teens. And then a few years after that, I decided to do a teacher training. And I started with the more um, young forms of yoga, which is Hatha yoga and Vinyasa yoga. Those were my first introduction to yoga. And I was continuing with those styles for a few years um, in through my late teens and my early 20s. And then Right about the time when I uh, decided to move back to Singapore from the UK, that's when I discovered yin yoga. And at the time, for the past few years, I had been moving around a lot between the UK and Singapore, also other parts of Europe. And my practice was very uh, dynamic. Um, but also I was feeling the stress of, you know, the fast pace and needing to come back home and sort of settle down. And so I found yin yoga at that time and it was a very good fit for what I was going through in my life uh, because, you know, it's a slower practice really about grounding. 
So um, that was in 2015. And then I started doing yin regularly at that time. A, a year or so later, I started teaching. And then a few years later, I did a teacher training and became a certified yin teacher. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, thank you. And so um, going to the origin of a yin yoga, so the word yoga comes from a Sanskrit root. So we mean um, to unite. Uh, so the, the root is uh, yush. And, but yin come from a Chinese word that means um, shadowy side of the mountain. So where does uh, yin yoga comes from? Yeah, so as you said, yin is a Chinese word. Um, and the name of the practice comes from, uh, or it's derived from a philosophy of Taoism, which is from China. And so in the Taoist philosophy, there are two main elements of life, yang and yin. And when they come together, that's when we have life as we know it. And the combination of yang and yin expresses Tao, which is the essential principle of life. So yang is the active part of life. It, it's related to things that are bright, mobile, ascending, uh, whereas yin is the shadowy side, as you said, the darker side of the mountain, which is related to um, softer, quieter, more still, uh, descending quality. And so given that there are two dualities, they're often associated with different parts of life. So yang is associated with the sun and with masculine energy. Yin is associated with the moon and with feminine energy. So that's really the origin um, of the word yin as it applies to yin yoga. Mm. Okay, um, and that's that's very interesting. And so you you tapped a, a little bit into it when you um, introduced yourself. Uh, you say that it's um, a different um, style of yoga. And um, in the Western world, when you think about yoga, we picture like a series of a movement that is quite, you know, um, fast-paced, but yin yoga is very different. So can you tell me a little bit more about the practice? Yeah, so um, as you already mentioned, yin is different to yang because it comes on the other side of the mountain, the other side of the polarity. So what you described, what people associate with yoga, we could broadly speaking is the yang form of yoga, which mm -hmm. is faster paced, uh, quite a lot of movements in sequence. And sometimes it can even be done in a hot environment or it can make you sweat. Yeah. Um, in contrast, yin yoga is basically the opposite of all of those qualities. So it's a slow practice. Each pose is usually held upwards of three minutes, let's say three to five minutes normally. Um, you don't do that many poses in a practice. You know, an hour-long practice can even be as few as four or five poses. Uh, there's a lot of time in between the poses as well in some approaches to yin. It's also, you don't necessarily have to do it in a warm state. So you can do it in a cool state. You don't have to warm up. And uh, the emphasis is not so much on movement, but on stillness. Although, of course, there is a little bit of moving around. Um, and the reason is because, broadly speaking, we could say yang type of yoga targets yang tissues in the body, meaning our muscles, mostly. 
Whereas yin yoga targets yin tissues in the body, which is the deeper connective tissues, uh, what we call fascia. Um, also, the other fluids apart from blood, it also affects blood, but also things like lymph, tissue fluid, joint fluid, and bones. So mm -hmm. the deeper tissues are matched to the kind of yoga that yin yoga is. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay, I see. That's, that's interesting. I really like that. Um, and, you know, um, having practiced, you know, and uh, attending one of your classes, um, definitely it, it, it touches like the something very deep inside. Um, so why should someone um, start attending uh, yin yoga? And in that sense of like, what are the benefits for the, for the person? Yeah, so there are a lot of different entry points into yin and a lot of different benefits. Um, so usually people, they like one thing about it. And then as they go on in the journey, they discover more and more things mm. that they like about it, which is what happened to me too. Yeah. So a very common entry point is to do with the pacing. People are drawn to the fact that it's a slower pacing. And so it gives more time for introspection. It gives a bit more time for self-awareness. And it feels like you are creating a quiet space for yourself to look after yourself. And this is very helpful. You know, in my case, it was a high stress time. I needed a space to slow down. And it can be good also for on that same track for, you know, anxiety or insomnia. People who are very frazzled give them a space to sort of quiet themselves down naturally. Then another benefit on the physical level is that yin yoga is targeting different tissues to other kinds of movement and exercise. So one of the main benefits physically is that it helps reduce inflammation in the deeper tissues of the body. And so people who have inflammation, either because they are doing a lot of athletic work, they're exercising a lot, or you know they need to recover from lots of physical labor, they can be served by having a practice to complement that. And also it can be helpful for people who don't move around a lot um, either they have a mobility issue or they have some chronic pain or, you know, they are a little ill. Um, and it, because the practice is slow, it's relatively simple. It can be a good entry point for those kinds of individuals to just get started with some kind of physical practice that's not too intimidating or too overwhelming. Um, and it can bring a lot of benefits, you know, better posture, better breathing, better circulation, more body awareness as well as the nervous system feeling more relaxed and more mm -hmm. calm. And then the final uh, kind of stream, I would say, is for people who are interested in the more spiritual or the deeper parts of yoga as a practice, yin yoga is a good bridge between um, the more physically exertive yang forms of yoga and meditative practices. Because as you mentioned, it goes deeper inside And there is this feeling that you are able to connect with your own energy. You can start to feel your body in a different way. And that can be a beautiful way to connect into meditation. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's that's that I really like what you said, um, because I'm, I'm part of the people who I'm, I'm, have lots of energy. And then sometimes for me, it's like it's hard to slow down. I have to kind of like force myself or I have to find something. To stop for myself you know mm. um so that's that's why i enjoy really um yoga 
in that sense because it's really like ground me down, you know. Um, so in, t- in terms of our practice, like what would be the, the best way to practice and in terms of like, you know, what time of the day, if there is um, a time, what kind of props uh, people need, um, what kind of like environment, um, that, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, there is a lot of flexibility when it comes to how you do your yin practice. And one of the things I really liked about it when I started training in it is that you are free to be very creative and adapt the practice to your needs. So there isn't really a set time. You can practice yin yoga at any time of day. Some people like to do it in the morning when they wake up because it will give your day a sort of flavor of relaxation. Mm -hmm. Some people will prefer to do it in the evening before they go to sleep because it will help them wind down before they go to sleep. Sometimes, depending on if your schedule is a bit more erratic, you can also do it in the middle of the day. It can help you, you know, after lunch, digest your food or give you a kind of chance to reset from your morning into your afternoon. So there isn't really a set time of day that you uh, have to do in practice. In terms of props, again, there's a lot of variation. So some teachers teach without any props at all, which is a certain kind of a yin practice, which can be a bit more intense because you don't have much support for your body except for on the ground. But that that is also ideal, for example, if you're traveling and you don't have any props with you, you know, you can still make your practice work. On the other hand, other teachers... Uh, Like myself, I will teach with a few props just because it gives you more options. It's a little softer way to practice. Um, And I would say the best prop that you can have for a yin practice is a big bolster, like the ones that you use in bed, the the long round pillows. That would be my number one. If Or even a blanket. If you can roll your blanket into that kind of shape, then you can do a yin practice just with that. Of course, you can add more props like blocks and straps and other kinds of props if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, And then what was the other part of the, there was one more part of the question. Um, um, There was like the time of the day, uh, the props and the environment in general. Oh, yeah. So in terms of environment, again, it's it's a personal thing. So mm. oftentimes if you go to a yoga studio for a yin class, they will keep a certain kind of environment to help you get in the mood. So for example, the lights might be a little bit dim. Um, sometimes they will burn some essential oils or some fragrance or light some candles. Uh, sometimes teachers like to have some quiet music in the background. And all of those are additional props. You could think about them as props to help you get into the yin way of being. And I would suggest if you're doing it at home, if you like that kind of thing, then absolutely you can, you know, create your own atmosphere, your yin atmosphere in your own space. But also if you don't like it or if you don't have time, you know, let's say you're just doing a little bit of a yin practice in the middle of two different activities, you just need some floor space. Um, and you can do it. You yeah, know, yeah. It, it's really up to you how you create this the space for yourself. Absolutely, and and also that's something that you can adapt depending of maybe the time of the day you are doing it, and you know, and as you yeah. say, like it can be a mood or you know something else because you don't really need it 
to, to practice. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, now, um, I'd like to um, talk a little bit more about um, you because you have a blog when you write about uh, yoga, movement, somatics, um, body work, and, and more. And um, there is one uh, blog post that caught my attention. You wrote it back in, in June 2020. And, and you said, um, most of us assume that we are um, bilaterally symmetrical. In other words, that our left and our right sides are or should be the same. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about um, the discovery you made um, and that uh, you were mentioning here in this, uh, in this post? Yeah, so that post is on my blog, as you mentioned, where I write about a variety of different topics and I consider it a way to... It's a, it's a different way to teach, you know, as teachers, we often teach live classes or video classes and things, but writing is a different means of communication that I enjoy putting down my ideas in that form as well. So that blog post, I wrote it just after I did the teacher training in yin yoga. And um, it was inspired by a lot of more philosophical discussion about what it means to be in balance. And we kind of spoke about this already a little bit, that yin yoga comes from this duality of yang and yin. And life is about the dance between these two dualities. And in the yoga world in general, there's a lot of talk about balance, um, yeah. how to be balanced. And one of the, I would say, one of the classic approaches to a lot of forms of yoga physically is when you do a practice you do the same pose on the left side and the right side, and you do it for the same amount of time on the left side and the right side. And so you, you're generating a kind of rhythm in the practice, which can be very soothing um, because we like that kind of symmetry, that kind of equivalence, and we feel it in our bodies as well. So that's a wonderful way to practice for many reasons. In our training, we were encouraged to play around a little more with how we sequence a practice. So rather than same poses on the on both sides for the same amount of time, you have the option to make your practice a bit more fluid and a bit more intuitive so that depending on how you feel on any given day, like let's say this morning I woke up, my left side is a bit stiff, it doesn't feel so good, I can choose to do a practice which is only for my left side and either not do any poses on the right side or just do the right side poses for a short amount of time and focus on the left. And so it's just a way to be a bit more free with uh, how you approach your practice and also to start thinking about what does balance mean? You know, is balance the same as symmetry? Do you have to do the same thing on the same on both sides in order to feel the same? Or maybe if you do more on one side and less on the other side, you will actually end up feeling the same because you didn't start from a place of symmetry. You started from asymmetry and you brought yourself more into balance. So one of the central ideas of yin yoga, I think, is that you want to be able to consider your innate differences in your body and you want to accommodate your practice to all of these different uh, paradoxes and asymmetries and contradictions in yourself so you don't feel like you need to be all the same all the time or all the same in every way you can just play around 
and explore and find your own unique way towards what feels more balanced for you. Hmm. And I, I think, you know, I, I really enjoy your answer, especially, and maybe this is why, you know, my, my attention was caught uh, with the, what you wrote is because I realized not too long ago when I really started to be um, serious with yoga that I'm more flexible on the left side than on the right side. And I'm actually a little bit stiff on the right side. Mm-hmm. And then so, but as you say, with traditional yoga, I'm doing the same pose on, on the right and on the left, which is in a sense, maybe I'm not respecting my, my body, like what it needs, because it seems like the right side needs maybe uh, either that I'm, I'm more gentle with my right side, you know, or maybe more time to be a little bit more, you know, flexible and, and, and that's than, than the left side. So I really like this um, approach um, which is to be um, to acknowledge like the difference in you know in your body and then and then really take that into the practice. Fantastic! Thank you for for mentioning yeah. that. Um, in in terms of also like you know like uh, a lot of things that um, like we assume, I want to to um, to ask you the question about the difference between restorative yoga and Yin yoga because I think sometimes people confuse both. And I have for a long time, so, um, you know, um, so I'd like to, you know, can you bring a little bit like more, you know, clarity on the two uh, uh, different practices? Yeah, of course. That's a great question, too. And I think a lot of people get confused also because uh, sometimes in studios or on platforms, some of the classes will be called yin, but they will be more like restorative or sometimes they will be called restorative, but they feel like a yin class. And it's not wrong. It's just that there is a lot of variation in how these two styles are taught. Mm. So essentially, um, I would say one way, helpful way to think about yoga in general is to put it on the spectrum of yang and yin. Mm. So as we mentioned, there are some yang practices like vinyasa and hatha, which are more on the yang side because they are done faster, hotter, et cetera, et cetera. And then there are practices which are more on the yin side, which are cooler, slower, softer, etc. So obviously both yin and restorative yoga are on the yin half of the spectrum. Um, but there are some differences between the two. So in yin yoga, the main difference I would say is that in yin, you are trying to load or apply pressure to different tissues and areas of the body through the shape of the poses. And which is why yin has a stretchiness or a stretchy feeling associated with it. Um, You will feel certain poses in certain parts of your body. That's just the nature of the practice. Whereas restorative yoga is not a loading or a stretch-based practice. It is more of a nervous system practice where you just lie down in different positions, you rest, you breathe, you let your body heal and take care of itself without interfering. Um, and so that general essential difference filters down into the different approaches that people use when they teach yin and restorative. So in yin yoga, generally speaking, the poses are not held for more than 10 minutes. 10 minutes would be an absolute maximum for most poses. Whereas in restorative, you can go up to 40 minutes or even an hour in a single pose, depending on how your practice is structured, because there is no stretching. It's just a restful practice. So your body is comfortable to stay for much longer periods of time. 
Then um, another difference is in the number of props. Restorative yoga often uses a lot more props than yin yoga because the props are the tools. They are one of the main tools in the practice to get yourself into certain shapes and to make yourself comfortable there and uh, so sort of to like wrap yourself in these props and just uh, mm. be cocooned in that shape. That's the feeling. Whereas in yin, of course, the props are there for support, but sometimes they are also there um, to, you know, stop you from going too deep into a pose. For example, uh, they don't have the same feeling of like wrapping yourself in multiple layers of props. It's more that you just bring the ground to meet your body in different shapes in yin. Mm. Um, and so one more thing I would say is that many of the benefits, they overlap between yin and restorative yoga because both practices will improve your breathing. They will improve circulation. Uh, both practices are anti-inflammatory. They reduce inflammation in the body. Both practices can reduce pain. Um, but the means are a little bit different. So in restorative, again, it's about using your body to affect the state of your nervous system. In yin, it is more directly physical and energetic to do with the loading of the tissues in the body. And then the last thing I would say is it is a spectrum. So some teachers will teach a yin, which is sort of blended with restorative. Some teachers will teach pure yin and pure restorative. It's, it's quite varied, but I think that should give you a, a few ideas about where to classify what kind of experience you're having if you want to do that. Mm, okay, thank you. That's, that's, um, that's very clear. Um, all right, before we end our conversation, I have um, one last question for you, and it's a little bit more personal. Um, it's about your um, your practice, your daily practice. If you have one, and if you don't mind uh, sharing with us um, what you what you do, yeah, of course. So I have to say, my practice has evolved a lot over time. You know, when I first began, it it looks completely different now to how it looked in the beginning, and that's part of the journey. Um, absolutely, it is how it should be because we are always evolving and changing. So this is, I consider it a kind of snapshot in time and maybe one year or two years from now, it will be different. But for now, um, so normally I meditate once or usually twice a day. It will be first thing in the morning for sure, uh, about 15 or 20 minutes. And then I do a second practice in the afternoon or early evening, um, which can also sometimes be a breathing or breathwork practice rather than meditation. And then uh, in terms of physical movement, I will usually do that in the middle of the day around lunchtime or sometimes in the evening. And I, I have a very varied uh, approach to movement. So every day I will do something different. And it's a combination of swimming, running, strength training uh, or yoga. And then it just sort of cycles through depending on how I feel. Uh, on that day, which one I choose. Um, and then the rest of my practice, I would say, is a bit more organic, but I try to spend a lot of time in nature. I find that to be something sacred and special. Um, and I also try to engage in a creative uh, activity on a regular basis. So some kind of craft, some kind of DIY. Uh, I've recently started gardening. 
So that is, to me, that's part of the practice because it is a way of bringing myself into the world in a different way. So yeah, that's the overall structure, how it is right now. Wonderful. And I'm so glad that you you mentioned that it has evolved because it's the same for me. Like mm. like a year ago and now it's very different. And at first I was like, oh no, I should stick to, you know, to this practice. And then I realized, well, I'm changing. So I should expect my practice to change as well. So thank you yeah. for, for saying yeah. that. Mm. Um, Charlize, thank you so much for um for you know like bringing your knowledge um uh, to yin yoga to this topic of yin yoga um thank you for for to be with us and um until next time thank you so much stephanie this was very fun you can learn more about Veshali on instagram at Veshali Ayer. i also invite you to visit thestillspace.org where you can read Veshali's latest blog post all the links are listed below in the description section on YouTube. Thank you to all our listeners and see you very soon for more on healing, self-love and your personal journey. Thank you for listening and for taking time for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, share this episode with others on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch the latest from Ujvati, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter at Uchvati. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.